Hi, beauty. I'm so grateful you were led to this podcast. I'm your host, Miranda. Hi. I'm a wife, coach, and mom to four world changers. And this is the Recalibrating Hearts podcast. It's my heart that in this space, you would encounter the love of the Father and receive downloads, revelations, and solutions for partnering with God in your breakthrough. You'll also hear how we're building our family, powerful prayers and declarations for you, and ways to incorporate natural solutions for whole health. I think it's time to normalize spiritual breakthrough and walk in freedom with whole hearts. Holy Spirit, you get full permission to recalibrate our hearts. Let's go. On today's episode, we're having part two of three-part series, Big Business Energy, with my business coach, Whitney Barbary. Now, Whitney Barbary is a six-figure business coach, and her days are spent showing entrepreneurs how to build wildly successful online businesses by blending self-mastery and big business energy. You know, I did these in bite size because when I listened to the whole thing over again, I felt we can learn more sometimes by taking a breather in between and just letting what she shares settle. Her stuff and her, just like for me, I'm not for everyone, but I'm okay with that. Whitney's not for everyone. You know, God really assigns, I think, people that are going to be in our sphere of influence. And I feel like Whitney has done that incredibly. Like she's created such, which you'll hear more about, a safe place for her um, clients to come in and just be themselves. And really, we all have our stories. But my experience with Whitney in the last, I think, about year being a part of her inner circle and her inner space and her container is she she's created such a safe container that I can come in to this container, learn what I need to learn. I have my stories, but she doesn't let people stay in their stories. You know, there's like a no excuses thing, but it's such a safe space that you don't really feel that, of course, never condemned. But I guess I just wanted to share this with you because, um, I've really respected and honored where she's coming from. And really, we're just hearing from her and her part of her story. So again, I realize that she's not for everyone. I'm not for everyone. But you can eat the fish, spit out the bones, learn nuggets from somebody who's done that. Because I feel like for her, she lets things really settle. She creates that space. And then she can right multiply herself like she's done several times over. All right. So I pray that you're blessed by this episode. And um, stay tuned for part three at a different time supposed to be interpreted. We're not here to argue theology. Go do that with your pastor. I mean, I was just like, no, it, it was too much. I've had clients tell me that they didn't like it, that I didn't pray with them on our one-on-one calls. And I'm like, because this isn't a Bible study, this is business coaching. Like, and I'm not saying, she, I mean, I have never, again, I think I'm just a Christian that has a business. I never felt compelled that God was compelling me to like pray on every training, pray on every call. I'm like, I do what I do with God in my own time. And I'm just assuming that all of my clients do what they do with God on their own time. I'm not your pastor. Yeah. I'm not your religious leader. And I, it was just this, I was noticing people were projecting that stuff onto me, but why don't we, one client actually said to me, but why don't we like read scripture together on the calls? And I'm like, because this isn't a Bible study, this is business coaching. If it was a Bible study, it would be a very expensive one because you're paying me $2,400. I don't think you want to sit on calls and waste your time with me reading the Bible. You need to do that. Like I, it was bizarre, but she really meant it. She actually said to me, I knew there was something wrong with you. Sure. Oh. She said this, I should have known something was wrong when you weren't praying before our calls. And I was like, okay, well, thank God our time is up. Even though we'd coached together for like a year and you bought multiple packages from me, I was like, oh, there was something wrong with me. Okay. This stuff was kind of happening back to back all at one time. And yeah. I was like, 
I, I started to actually realize like these spaces aren't even safe for me. You know, we talk a lot about, we need to be safe spaces for other people. Yeah. And I'm like, I agree as, as therapists, as counselors, as pastors, as life coaches, whatever it is. Yes. There is a standard an ethical standard that we should be safe for our clients. But I actually started to realize, I think there's way more unsafe clients than there are unsafe coaches in the industry. I hear a lot of talk in the industry about that coach wasn't safe and they traumatized me. And they, and I thought, does it happen? Yeah. Are there bro marketers out there that are just getting people for their money and not delivering? Yeah. And I think there's not safe people in the industry coaches, but what I've realized from coaching for almost six years is I'm like, I've had dealt with a lot more unsafe clients, clients that were not safe for me, that were very manipulative towards me, that were very narcissistic towards me, that were very controlling, um, emotion, like maybe verbally, even abusive. Some of them, just things they were saying, even passive aggressive. Like I was like, wow, I've actually had a lot more traumatizing experiences with clients than I've ever had with any quote unquote bad coaches. And I was like, I'm not going to create any more spaces like that. Mm -mm. I don't want it. And what, what do I need to do to not create it? And I thought, well, if I just be myself, that'll get rid of some of them, right? Because they're really just here because I was trying to be good Christian girl, Whitney, that I thought they wanted me to be, which worked because mm -hmm. they did come into my spaces. Mm -hmm. But then the second I would like veer outside of those lines, like color outside of like, oh, oh, I let my real personality slip out. Oh, oh, and then I would hear about it, mm -hmm. right? And I would get a lot of resistance and pushback. And I just told my husband, this is suffocating. Because now I have to be what she wants me to be and what she wants me to be. And then I have to make sure my theology lines up with her or she gets really uncomfortable. And I can't use the word manifesting because she doesn't like it. And apparently she wants me to say in Christ at the end of every word that I use so that we all understand it's it. I mean, I was having panic attacks. I had to get back into therapy mm -mm. and here's what's crazy to bring it full circle to what I was saying from back in my, you know, late teens and and all of my twenties, I had my second divorce when I was 30. Mm -hmm. When I said I was having a lot of fun, what I actually found out in therapy back in my God, I'm like, the time is flying. Was it this year? I don't remember. It was yeah. either 2023 or 2022. I don't remember my, I said to my therapist, um, I said, you know, what's interesting. I said those like 15 years that I was living in the world. Um, I said, I wasn't having anxiety attacks. I wasn't having panic attacks. I, I didn't feel anxious. I didn't really feel stressed. Again, I wasn't having anxiety or panic attacks. I said, why am I having them now when my life is seemingly perfect? I'm on the worship team. My husband's the youth pastor. My parents are just so elated that my life is back on track. So there's no issues there. I have this Christian community around me. I was like my business. I had made my first six figures. I was like, I'm making money. Money's not a problem. I don't understand why I'm having random panic attacks on the side of the road at 12 o'clock noon on a Friday. It doesn't make any sense. And I said, but when my life was crazy and I was living in the world and I was the lost prodigal, I wasn't having these. And she said, well, what was the difference in then and now? And I said, because then I felt free. Mm -hmm. And I didn't realize that until she asked me, I said, because when I was living in the world, I felt free. And I said, that was a turning point for me. I said, because it's actually not supposed to be that way. I should feel free now, but I don't. I feel suffocated and I feel controlled and I feel like someone's got their finger on me and I feel like I'm having to be everything for everybody all the time. And I think that's where my deconstructing really started because I was like, I was doing all that because I was taught that's what God expects from us. And now I'm realizing that's never been his character towards us. That doesn't make sense now. It doesn't, it's not actually lining up. Mm -hmm. 
Um, but yeah, she said, and I, I said, I felt free and I don't feel free right now. And it's, it was that, it was that having to be the right Christian for, because everybody's got an idea of what kind of Christian you should be. So now I'm having to be the right Christian for 20 different people with 20 different ideas. And I'm trying to please the people at my church that think what I do is heretical. And I'm also still trying to show up and sing to the congregation and usher them in to the throne room on Sundays because the congregation loved me, but all these people I'm serving with think I'm a heretic Mm -hmm. and can't figure out why I won't just get in line and shut up and sit down. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, that's a whole conversation. Like pastors, pastor's sister, who was like a pastor on staff actually like took me to lunch one day and basically was like, you trigger all the women in the church. So what do we need to do for you to not be doing that? Oh, and it was just, it was just literally me just being myself. They couldn't stand it. There were other people that loved me. Right. But there were, I mean, they loved my worship. They didn't have no problem with that, that I could usher in the spirit of God, but they didn't like me outside of that. Don't do anything else outside. And it was just this, like, what? Mm. Basically like, how can I help you not trigger them? Mm. Basically, how can I help you be someone else? Yes. Not going to be someone else. If they find what I'm saying, convicting, take it up with the Holy spirit. I don't know. I was a little too powerful, a little too opinionated. I didn't need the church, which was a problem for them Mm. because the church that we were at, their ministry was prison ministry Mm. and addiction recovery. Mm -hmm. So they were very used to people needing them very desperately to even survive. Right. I didn't need them. I'm not an addict. I'm not a recovering addict. I've never been in prison. I to get arrested once, but that was a different story. I just wrecked my parents' car when I was 19 and I was drunk. I went, I, you know, yeah. I didn't even spend a night, but I, it was this much like I didn't need them. And I was a very independent and I had my own mind and I had my own thoughts and I had my own theology and I didn't need anyone else's. And I just don't know that they knew what to do with that. And it was very triggering for people mm. in the Christian space. I, so it was like, I'm dealing with that at the church. I'm like trying to like not deal with all my trauma and projections with my husband. Right. Cause I'm still, tr- I'm still dealing with things from like childhood and my teenage years and my twenties. Right. So I'm like trying to be a wife that's not projecting everything onto her husband and make sure I'm always on top of my own triggers and trauma. And then I'm like having to be everything I need to be for my clients while raising a child, while trying to make money in my business, while still working a job. And I'm like, I feel suffocated. And I really feel suffocated by the church, not the world. I said, anybody that I know in the coaching industry that is not a Christian has always been, they're like, do it. Oh, you believe in that? Great. We're down for it. It was like, they never questioned my belief in God. You know, they they weren't trying to question my theology. They're like, yeah. They're like, I talked to the trees and the universe and you talked to God and great. And we'll just all coexist. Like they don't care. It was, I said, I told my husband, I said, it's the Christians. The ones that I feel like I'm called to serve are the ones giving me the most trouble. They're so judgmental. They got so many opinions. They've all got their own theology for whatever reason. They all feel the need to express it. I was like, everybody has an idea of how I should show up. And I think they have this thought that once they've paid me, they really get to now tell me what they think and how I should be. And I was like, I kept saying to my husband, do I have to coach Christians? Cause I don't want to, I really get a point where I was like, God, do I, I don't really want to coach them anymore. I'm sick of them. I don't want to deal with them. You send them to somebody else. That's a long-winded answer. But yeah, it comes back to that. I felt free because when I was living in the world, people weren't judging me. They was like, I could be whatever I wanted, do whatever I wanted. My parents were pretty much like, well, she's a lost cause. You know, I mean, we still had a relationship, but they were just like, they were done trying to tell me how to live my life. They were like, dude, she's, she's, so it was like, I didn't really feel like there was anyone I was having to please at that point. Yeah. Hmm. 
I was going to church, but only on Sundays. I wasn't involved in church. Mm. So there was really no one to please there. I wasn't, it was like, I just showed up, got what I needed and left and came back next Sunday. I felt really free. And so I think a long-winded answer to your question is I just realized maybe like a year, maybe a year, yeah, about a year ago, it really hit me of, I don't like the culture that's in my containers right now. And I'm going to change it starting today. And I did. Ooh. It started like I did. I, I mean, I, and it's been an interesting journey, yeah. but for every person that leaves, I get, I feel like I get five people in Yeah. like my income didn't go down. And that's, what's interesting. My, my coach actually pointed out to me around beginning of December. She said, but isn't it interesting that people keep leaving your space, but your income is actually going up and not down, but it's because more people were coming in. I was making more money than I ever had. But because I was almost like bringing, it was like for every, you know, every person that left, God was replacing them. Like more people were coming in that were so much more aligned. And I was getting a lot of non-Christians too, that were totally fine with the fact that I was a Christian. They don't care if I talk about God on a call. Like you said, they're going to chip the meat and spit out the bones. If something's not for them, if they're not a God person, they have the emotional intelligence to be like, okay, God's not my thing, but I can still take nuggets from this and just leave the God part. I was finding the Christians couldn't do that. If I said something the Christians didn't like, they couldn't just take what was for them and leave it. They had to be like, well, I don't, I don't know. I don't think you're supposed to use that word. Not as Christians. No, I don't like when you say manifest. I don't like that word. Don't, we shouldn't say that. That's, that's witchy. I don't like that. And it, it was like, they can't just leave things, but it's interesting. The non-Christians in my world, I'm like, if they talk to the universe or spirit or whatever it is, they have no problem just being like, yeah, God's not my thing, but they don't get triggered when I talk about God. They just leave it. And they take everything else. And they're so accepting. They're like, you believe in God? Awesome. Love that journey for you. Mm -hmm. I talk to spirit or whatever. Or they think sometimes they're like, I'm God. I'm like, hey, whatever. You know, I'm not here to correct anyone. I'm like, do your thing. It was the Christians that couldn't like, they're like, you didn't say in Christ. You use the word manifest. Mm -hmm. I'm not the one creating my money. God is. So I don't ever take credit for what I did. We give all glory to God. And I don't like when you say that. And I'm just like, if it's not for you, just leave it. I don't know why we can't just leave it. Just leave it. Just leave yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> like, leave it. So yeah, I just realized I don't want to create those spaces anymore. And I want non-Christians to be able to come into my space and feel like it's inclusive for everyone. Yeah. And being a believer, you know, I could, I came into your space and felt that already. Like, right. Like even when you didn't mention the worship leader or whatever, that for some, whatever yeah. reason, it's like, cool, I'm safe here or something just because of my past and background. I, you could feel it as a, so as a believer, I could feel that or something. And so I thought that was really special when Ian plus, it sounds like you developed. And I know because you're healthy boundaries that not a lot of people hold from all this stuff. Well, I didn't always have them. Like I had, that's the thing with boundaries. I'm like, I had to learn them. And when I say the hard way, that's not me being like, I'm like, no, no, I really had to learn them the hard way because I didn't have them. I didn't for years. Yeah. And boundaries create safety for us or for everyone. Yes. And I, and I've only learned them within the last two years myself, which I'm like, why didn't I learn this 20 years ago? But when it comes, that's why I'm always preaching to you guys about who you're being behind the scenes, because I'm like, when I say like who you're being behind the scenes, it's not just about like, are you waking up at 5am and doing your morning routine and rubber, but it's like, it's not, sometimes it can be that, but sometimes it's just like, 
well, where are you being leaky with your boundaries? Because that's probably part of the reason you're not either making the money you want or you're attracting these nightmare clients or, so you're right. Like, I'm like, I can give you guys, I'm like, here's the, here's the actual six step process to make six figures. I'm like, sure, I can give you the strategy. It's not going to matter. Like you said, if we're being leaky, I call it leaky. If we're being leaky behind the scenes with our boundaries, you're not going to make six figures or you are, and you're going to be really miserable. Ask me how I know, because I'm $500,000 in. I've made six figures five times. Mm -hmm. And three of those times I did it and then wanted to burn my business down because I made six figures and then realized I hated my business. I didn't even genuinely like half my clients. They were awful. They were controlling me. I was like, it's important boundaries. And you're right. I love what you said. Boundaries are important to protect me, but I have to protect the space for everyone or it affects everyone. Yes. Because, and so the safety and the relatability and, oh my goodness. And I'm processing so much what you said, because a lot of people, there's just a lot of shame attached to, even when, as you're speaking, there's like so much shame attached to, it fires me up, but I'm not going to go that way because I could get my swords out, but there's so much shame attached to, um, even just doing business and not do, I love what you said about Jennifer Allward as well, or Allwood as Mm -hmm. well. Like that was the bomb there. Mic drop. Totally. I know. I love her. She's very vocal about that. And I yeah. appreciate that. If anyone was influencing me, she might be one of the few. Cause I do, I've followed her for years and she is very like, I mean, she will just say, I, she's just so in tune. And I love that. She's like, okay, it doesn't have to be that serious. Like let's all, I know we're all like, cause again, Christians make everything so serious. She's like, let's all calm down. It's not that serious. Like, why are we making everything? So like, it's, yeah. yeah. Like permission to be free. <laughs> yeah, it's like, you no. Know, and another thing too, that I've learned from you. And again, I took some notes because there's so much, I guess I'll give you, okay. You take which way you want to go. Um, you, we kind of covered, did we cover like permission to do business on your terms? Do we cover that? Do you feel like, because I want to do this. I mean, this. no, I feel like we could talk about that for, that could be okay. like a whole podcast series, right? Like, I know. And that's fine. Oh, if this is part one or part two, and I'm totally cool with that because I try to keep yeah. Like, but there's permission. So what I've learned from you is permission to do business on your terms, which is super freeing. Okay. So Mm -hmm. there's another in of how much freedom you create. Also there it's okay to make money. And so I want to know which direction I guess you want to, and then there's it, you got, you're in love with your business and you love your clients. Mm -hmm. I don't know which way to go, but what do you feel lit up to go in those ways? Permission. Well, what do you feel like? Because you know, your audience more than me, right? Cause I, what you do here, it's not, this isn't just like for entrepreneurs or for, if it was just like an entrepreneur's podcast, yeah. I'd be like, well, maybe we should talk about the money or whatever. Yeah. We're- what do you feel like your people would get the most? I don't, I'm like, I can talk you know about what? any of it. Yeah. And, and I'm I, a riffer. So yeah, I know me too. I am too. And at the same time, when it comes to this fourth one, <laughs> Cause I'm like, which one do we, I want of course I want to do like speed. Let's go. But the not afraid to pivot or do, or even canceling program. Yeah. <sighs> canceling programs that don't make even that they can make you fat cash fast. You yeah. I, I've seen it and I'm so, um, just admire and honor the courage. I, I guess for my podcast listeners too, it's like, there is a lot of high level entrepreneurs and high performer yeah. clients are high performer women that love the Lord and seek the Lord, but freedom is needed. So all these things could lead to freedom for them. So I don't know which, like the not afraid to pivot, but then that might be the same. Let me, let me process for a sec. I think here, I think this is actually going to answer your question. I think it's permission to do things your way, whatever that looks like. Cause some of them are making money, but it's not in a business, right? It's like in a career path or something, because I think this goes back to like what you were saying about being willing to do things your way, or just feeling that permission or feeling willing to pivot. 
I find again, as Christian, like, here's the thing. I'm not a feminist. I am pro woman. I don't get into all that feminist stuff. Yep. Like, so it's not, it's not that. And, and I don't, I don't give a lot to the patriarchy. I also don't get into that because I think there's this weird part of the feminist movement that just wants to like, everything's the patriarchy and men and we hate them and they're bad. And it's like, no, 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 we're not getting into that. However, if we don't acknowledge that there is a patriarchy, and here's the thing, the patriarchy isn't just affecting women, it's affecting men. It, it's a culture. It, it's not really a man versus woman thing. It is a mindset, it is a cultural mindset that is just not serving people anymore. And it's and it's not just affecting women, it is also affecting men, right? It's putting pressure on them for certain things. But I think if we didn't acknowledge, and I just when I say acknowledge, I mean that I'm like, I just acknowledge that the patriarchy exists as a, as a, it's a mindset. Again, it's not men against women, but it, so I think Christian women, I think we also experience that mm. patriarchal thinking in a different way, because I think a lot of times either it's done to us, even subconsciously, I don't think all men even realize it because again, I think it's just a mindset, but it's like we, when we add scripture to it, I think it makes this harder for women to, because what we're always trying to do is like, but am I being a good wife? And am I being a good Christian woman? And am I, but what does the Bible say that a woman's supposed to be? And so we almost take it and make ourselves, we can really use it to water ourselves down and like it, cause then people pleasing shows up and it's like, yeah. that was what I found was my struggle with the church that we were at is I think they were trying to push me down into this, like, but this is how Christian women are supposed to be. And you're a little too loud and a little too opinionated and a little too strong. And we don't be that. Wow. And you got to quiet that down. Right. They weren't using those words, but it's kind of what they were projecting yes. onto me is yes. like, you're a little too intense and you got to shh. Mm -hmm. you don't do that. The men do it. And it's like, oh, he's a leader. Look at him. He's, he's charismatic. And with women, it's like, no, oh, you're a little too much. Right. And sometimes you say things and it's a little too convicting and you're triggering people. And how do we tone that down just a little bit? And I'm like, oh. why? Great. I've never met a woman on the planet that needed to tone it down. I, we got a lot of women that need to tone it up. I've met a lot of women. I I'm telling you, I don't know that I've ever met a woman that I thought she could tone it down. I'm like, finally, oh. we got a lot of women that should be toning it up. And I, so I think for Christian women, it's just like, that's what I found in the online space. And again, I don't have a lot of men as clients. So it wasn't men that were pushing uh -uh. this very patriarchal thinking on me. It was other women. That's why I say like, it's not, it's not just a man against woman thing. It's not, it's this mindset of how we're supposed to be as women and then how we're supposed to be as Christian women and Christian women are supposed to be. Yeah and not heard and we're supposed to tone it down and we're supposed to be very loving and nurturing and be people pleasing and like be very like acceptable and agreeable and it's that nurturing like you just serve and you give of yourself to everyone because you just love and you're nurturing and the, and I, I I think it's hard for women to say like but I'm very strong and I'm very, I'm a powerful human. Like God made all of us to be powerful humans. Yes. And like, I have a voice and I have something to say and I have thoughts and opinions. And actually God speaks to me too. Mm. Like I might have an idea. Right. And it's like, I think whether they're in the marketplace or they're at a career, I don't know. I just think maybe your audience needs to hear like, you have to, we have to give ourselves permission to do things our way. And when I say our way, I mean like the way God's telling us to do it, yeah. but it, to the world, it's going to look like it's our way. It's going to be like, here comes Whitney, just saying all these things, doing all these things, triggering everybody. How do we get her to shut up? Yep. was what they were kind of trying to do. Right. Like, Oh, yep. 
you have to have your own back in that. Mm. You know, sometimes clients will ask me that aren't super familiar with God, or maybe they didn't grow up in church or they grew up in a denomination, like maybe Catholicism where they're not really taught to speak directly to God. Right. So they're like, I, what is this? This is new. How do I hear from God? And I, and I tell them, you're not going to want to hear this answer, but let me tell you how you learn to hear the voice of God. You go with what you think you heard. You're, 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 cause God looks at the heart. If you truly think God, I think this is what you said. Sometimes you're going to get it right. Sometimes you're going to get it wrong, but that's how you learn to hear his voice. Cause you're like, one time I thought he said this and yeah. it was not right. And you know, and like, but sometimes you get it right. And then you're like, ah, so this is what it sounds like. And ah, but this is not what it's and like over time. It's, it's just a muscle that you're building. Yeah. You're so that's what I'm saying. Like, I think in business, I think in any ministry, anything you're doing, it's like, you're going to have to run with it. Yeah. And you're, you're not, I don't, I don't, I don't know. God just doesn't speak to me audibly. Like he does some people where people will be like, God said this to me. And I heard it clear as day. It was like a voice that I actually heard coming from the clouds. And I'm like, that is not how he speaks to me. Mine mm -hmm. is very intuitive, which can be hard for intuitive people where it's like, yeah, I'm getting a nudge. And I think, yep. I just got to roll with it. Yeah. It's and it, it, What's interesting. Nudge. When you said in what I, what the message I was getting when you were like, the women were like, Hey, tone it down. I'm like, those very characteristics are what set people free in your coaching programs and who you are. So I'm like seeing the enemy's agenda for me because I'm like seeing the enemy's agenda, like what have people have said, or in this is for the hearts that are listening that need to hear this. Like people might be telling you to change. I mean, those are the very things God put in you to, and also to blast, you know, people yeah. just, yeah. So the very things they were saying, tone it down this and that. But if you were, if you did all that, dude, that's like putting again, you in your box and not being able to use your gifts for the kingdom and all that stuff in the business world. And yeah, yeah. it's crazy. I, and I will say it. Yeah, exactly what you said. I love that you pointed out the enemy. You can see the enemy trying to use that. So I, I mean, cause if you think about like the Jezebel spirit, mm -hmm. which was, I think the issue of the church I was at, it was very much like, shut up the prophetic. We're not doing that. But what I will say is, so one thing we, we know this, right? The enemy is not omnipresent. He's not God. He can't be everywhere at once. Right. So what I think, and I believe he's done. And when people speak about this, it resonates. That's why I'm like, yeah, I think that's what I'm, what I believe Yeah, is that I think over a few thousand years, right. Mm -hmm. I think he watches characteristics of people. And I think he's learned to pick up what people's callings are. Cause he's not omniscient. Yeah. He can't know everything. So I think he just watches characteristics and he can pick up what he, what he thinks people's anointing are. Right. Yeah. So I think he really in this era, but I think he did it to all of us when we were, Yep. I don't want to give him too much credit. Cause I don't think no, he's smart. Either. I just think yep. he can repeat patterns. Right. I think he can just, I think over a few thousand years, he's picked up on patterns. Yeah. I, but the point I'm making is, and you pointed it out, he really is trying to shut up the prophetic right now. And however he needs to do that. So it's very much like a lot of women that feel like they either are called to an office of a prophet or just have a prophetic gifting. He's very much sending you the message of you're too much from other people. Cause a lot of women I talk to the women that gravitate to me are the ones that are like, I've always been told I'm too much. I'm like oh. saying, right? You're too intense. You're too emotional. You're too passionate. You're too much. You're too this, you're too that tone it down. But he does that to us from childhood so that when we were adults and we could really be operating in our prophetic gifts, we don't because we've always been told we're too much. And so we're always like, I don't want to be too much. People mm -hmm. don't like that. Ooh. I don't want to be too intense. People don't like that. I don't want to be too emotional. People don't like that. 
So I do, I agree with you. I think the enemy's using it. So he was doing that at that church, right? He saw me getting ready to have this successful business, or I was going to be helping people get set free from all this. And he's like, no, no, no. What can we throw? You know, I call them banana peels. He's like, what banana yeah. peel can we throw in her path? That's going to shut that down real fast. And it's, I mean, I won't, it didn't work, but it did take oh, me out for a second. Cause I'm like, what do you do when you're serving at a church and you're just getting pushed back all the time? You, think you just feel like you're like this, all like just yes. with your bar. It's just years of being like, oh my God, like what else are you guys going to put on me? It's, it was traumatizing. I'm still dealing with the trauma of that. And it's, you know, it's another one of those things. I had an exchange with that pastor about a year and a half after we left. And this grown man was like blasting me on the internet. Uh, that's what we were dealing with at this church. It was very immature, but God had us there. Um, and I remember I made a post one time. I didn't say anyone's name. I just said, you know, I was sitting here thinking today about the healing that I've gotten. And I shared the message about when his sister, again, didn't share names. I just said, I was at this church and one of the female pastors took me to lunch said she wanted to get to know me more. And then basically just spent two hours telling me I was too much, telling me I was triggering everyone, asking me how I could tone it down. Like all these things that were wrong about me. And he saw it. Like we were still friends on Facebook. This was pre him, like trying to like trash me. This is, this was when he went and like trashed me on it. Anyways. So we were still friends on Facebook and he saw it. I didn't, sh I didn't share the post to be like, this happened to me. I shared it like, mm -hmm. You, you know how I write copy. It was like, this happened to me, but this is what I learned from it. And this is why I'm also so passionate about my, my female clients finding their voice, because what I actually don't want is for you to get it shut down. And I know that sometimes it can even happen within your own circles. I was using it as like, it had nothing to do really with the woman. I didn't, that's why I didn't share her name. Anyways, he messaged me and was like, he said, hasn't that been like a year ago? Don't you think it's time to let that go? And I just remember thinking, and this is the problem with people in the church is you think because it was a year ago. And, and the thing was, I was fine at that point. I had been through therapy. I was like, no, no, I'm actually not sharing it from a wound. It's just a fact at this point that this happened. Like, is this, this is maybe like this happened to me, everyone. And like, oh my God. And I just remember thinking like, First of all, this is very, this is narcissistic, which I'm pretty sure you're a narcissist. I mean, I wasn't saying this to him, but I was like, yeah. now that I'm in this industry, I'm like, you are a textbook narcissist and this is what you're doing. This is gaslighting, which I'm not doing. Mm -hmm. um, but I just remember thinking, but the problem is this is such mm -hmm. a culture of so many churches as like, okay. he kept saying to me, I really would, he goes, I know what it does to people's spirits when you guys carry these, these wounds, or he kept saying this baggage, he kept saying, I'd really hate for you to carry this baggage around. So let me reach out to my sister and I would love for you guys to get together so she can apologize to you. And I was like, I, I don't need an apology. This isn't baggage, sir. No. No. And it was very much like, and it's been a year. Don't you think it's time you let it go? And I was like, okay, you don't get to come tell the victim when I get to let anything, it, you know, and I didn't argue with him. These were just oh, more all thoughts. I, I basically yeah. was just telling him, no, I don't want to get together. I said, I don't want to get together okay. with your sister. I don't need to. Right. And That's it was like, but I, I, that to me is where all this like safety talk comes from. But I see like what you're saying, the enemy will use that because he really did try to use her to be like, to reinforce that belief to me that I've got my entire life. You're too much. Your yes. personality triggers people. You're loud. You're oh. this, you have too many opinions. Shh. We got to tone yep. it down. The other yep. women don't like that. Yep. And, and yep. it was this whole, like, I really want you to be able to be in relationship and community with them. So how can we fix this? Yeah, That's how it was getting posed to me. Yeah. And I'm like, no, what you're really saying is how can I be different? So people will like me. Yeah. 
Right. And I, and the reason I share that story is I, that was probably the first time in my life. And because I had already had a coaching business, you know, I had had coaching. I was starting to understand how people operate. I was able to sit there and for the first time in my life, like set a real boundary, like instead of me internalizing it and being like, oh my God, she's right. And I'm too much. And then, you know, it's another notch on my, like, you got to tone it down. I actually just very calmly was like, I'm not going to do that. And I said, I'm not going to change anything to get any of them to like me. I mean, I was being very nice, but I was like, I'm not doing that. Well, what can we do? I said, I, and I told her, I said, I don't need you to do anything mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because yeah. I'm not. And I kept saying to her, she said, well, sometimes they come to my office and they have this grievance and mm-hmm. this. And I said, well, what are the grievances? What have I done? Well, sometimes you post things on Facebook and it just really triggers them. Mm-hmm. Then they don't have to fall. I mean, I was just like, I'm not saying anything that's helping your case. Right. I, have I done anything to anyone? No. Have I said anything directly to anyone? Oh no. Okay. Well, and I just remember being like, I'm not, and that was so liberating for me to get up from that conversation and feel like I stood up to someone that was older than me. That was an elder that Mm. in the past as a Christian, I was always taught. I I'm supposed to, because she was a pastor, because she was an elder, because she was saying these things to me. I don't know if this was your experience, but I was always taught kind of like, yeah. If someone brings something to you, they're right. And you need to internalize that and fix something about yourself. And I think that's where so much of our religious trauma comes from mm-hmm. is we're kind of taught like, well, if, if someone in leadership at the church says you're doing something, they are, and you don't mm-hmm. question it. And you sure don't ever say that that was damaging or hurtful. It was like, it was like, I wasn't allowed to be wounded. I wasn't allowed to be damaged. She was I just being like, I'm not changing anything. No. And oh my I, gosh, they don't can unfollow they don't, I, what do you, I'm not doing any of that. What, what do you want me to do? I said, nothing. I said, I don't want you to get involved at all. I'm, I'm not going to do anything when I leave here. I'm not trying to build a relationship with anyone at the church if they don't want it. You know, I was like, I'm, I got my friends. Yeah. We were, we were in a small group. We were at a, we were with a small group that was outside of that church. So I was like, I have community. I don't need it. I mean, I wasn't trying to be mean, but I was like, I don't, oh. this is not my mission on earth is to come here and, and make sure every woman at this church likes me. Mm-hmm. It wasn't a big church. You know, there was maybe 500 no. members. I was like, I don't care. Like it just felt really good. And I don't know if someone just needs to hear almost from yeah. me just sharing parts of my story is like, I didn't feel like I was being dishonoring in that conversation. I didn't feel like God was upset with me. My, I, I you know, I was just like, no, like, you, oh gosh, no, coming up. <laughs> no so- this is who God wants me to be. And I'm not toning it down for you. All right. Well, that is the end of this episode, Big Business Energy Part 2 with Whitney Barbary. Uh, That is some fire right there to end. And you know, what I learned a lot from listening is it's okay to take a stand for what we believe in. It's okay to hold the line, right? Honor your boundaries, honor other people's boundaries, but really hold the line and walk in honor towards loving yourself and others in that way. And you know, I hope you learned a few cool things today from this episode. And if you would just please take a minute to share our show Recalibrating Hearts and leave an honest review, I'd be so blessed by that. I really want Recalibrating Hearts podcast to be a place to be transformed by inner healing through spiritual growth. Until next time, be blessed.